Hey there, boys and girls. Welcome to another edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. It's a somber time. We're going to have a Brandt's Rants to talk about what has happened with the sports world, what's going on. We're presented, as always, by betonline.ag. They're your online sportsbook experts. They're, of course, the exclusive partner of Podcast One Sportsnet, of which this podcast is part of. Use the promo code PODCAST1. Receive that 50% sign-up bonus today, betonline.ag. The music underscoring me is from one Sam Brandt, my son, who's now with me, got out of New York and living with us, with his girlfriend and cats, and it's that time. What a world we are in right now. Uh, I'm going to rant about that. I'm going to rant about the CBA, which passed since my last podcast. And obviously, I'm going to talk about free agency and what's happening in the NFL. The business of the NFL continues its busiest week while the rest of the sports world has shut down. Let's start with that. What happened last week, it's, it's incredible. It's only been a week. As I record this on Thursday the 19th in the morning, it was, I was on the way to Arizona at this time last week. had an early flight out of Philadelphia to Phoenix running a race, my first ultra race, did a half marathon. Uh, the reason I did it is I had a buddy who's been doing these 50 milers and he's been pressing and pressing and pressing and pressing for me to do it. And I said, okay, Ryan, what's the minimum distance they offer? And he finally said, uh, half marathon. So I did it. Uh, it was a great experience going out. I was in tiny page, Arizona on the border of Arizona and Utah, right by Lake Powell these beautiful slot canyons. And, um, you know, again, there were no confirmed cases in anywhere near there, but you go to the Walmart and it was sold out, of course, of toilet paper and sanitizer. And, uh, you know, flying out there, my friend, of course, he's very, very uh, clear with this. He had gloves, he had surgical strength wipes, he had masks. I did the same. And it's interesting traveling both out there and back how much of a um, threat you sort of look around and everyone is. Uh, And it's, you know, and now I'm home and my family has kind of semi-quarantined me because I did travel, got back Sunday night. I understand it. I'm sort of uh, up here in my office and uh, limited contact for a few days. I get it. You know, you can't be too safe right now. And what a time it is. In the sports world, of course, it was Wednesday night, barely a week ago, when we had that tipping point moment where the Utah Jazz and Oklahoma City Thunder were about to tip off and the medical person came out. Stopped the game, the announcement that Rudy Gobert, the center for the Jazz, had tested positive. We later find out the next morning. His teammate, Donovan Mitchell, tested positive as well. So, so much going on. That was the tipping point. And then it seemed like, of course, there was no other choice than for Adam Silver to suspend play. And so the NBA suspended operations. There were college basketball tournaments going on, as you remember. They suspended and stopped. And then the dominoes fell, NHL. Major League Baseball spring training where I was in Phoenix just stopped. MLS, National Lacrosse League. NASCAR was going to race, then that stopped. Of course, the the stopping of the major tournament uh, in tennis out in in, uh, Indian Wells, California. Then you get to golf, and it just is the sports world has been brought to its knees by the COVID 19 coronavirus, as has. 
the world in general, it's hard to know what is operating now. But one thing is operating. <laughs> it is the NFL. I was pretty vocal about not having free agency now because I thought, you know, with the world shutting down, sports shutting down, even though I get it, there's no public gatherings to free agency, I thought it might shut down. I thought we would postpone the busiest week of spending in the NFL. And I thought for a few reasons. One, because the spending, it's not a great look to have these multi-million dollar contracts out there when everyone is, you know, their layoffs, their furloughs, their foreclosures, all those things going on with the economy shutting down and the Dow, etc. The other reason is I just thought we would need this more later because what I hear is that we need normalcy. We need something to look at in sports. It's going to give NFL fans and all fans kind of a taste of normalcy and excitement for their teams. But this is going to get worse before it gets better in terms of staying home. We're just in week one. Who knows how much social distancing will last? There's some people saying it could be months. There's some people saying it could be a year. There's some people saying they can come out of the out of their homes within a couple of weeks, but we don't know. We don't know any of this. So maybe football free agency would have been more of a welcome respite in a week, in two weeks, in a month than it is now. And that's part of my reason. I get it. I get it that everyone wants normalcy with football and the NFL and trades and, and action. But again, what about it? You know, in three weeks when the football free agency has petered out and it always peters out fast, you get these golden ticket winners in the first few days and then everything changes. So I don't know. I mean, I, it's great. People are turning to football that that's going to end and we'll see, you know, the national, there, this national, you know, worries about anxiety and all that, uh, football has been keeping a lot of people busy like myself. But uh, again, we're going to have to be challenged and get through it together as we go forward. Another piece of business in the NFL that did not get postponed, that did not suspend, did not is, of course, what I've been talking about for a couple weeks here, the collective bargaining agreement. And again, I've been vocal I've, in my writing I'd say again, I'll say this again, it's not so much the hot takes, winners or losers, pet layers got screwed. It's more that I saw a lot of inequity in this deal, pointed it out, and experienced uh, some slings and arrows for doing that, which is unfortunate. You know, uh, people coming at me in the media that sort of put out that I have this public campaign to be the next NFLPA executive director. Number one, that's false. Number two, that's kind of reckless. Number three, I don't understand it. Was there a coordinated attack where people that were wanted this deal to pass trying to come at me? And four, again, not true. You know, could the NFLPA have used, maybe thought about using someone like me to consult, has been on management for 10 years, who has a voice in this area? Would I have considered that? Sure. But I don't want that job. They don't need to keep attacking me. They don't need to follow whatever whoever I'm, is retweeting me and liking me among players and Richard Sherman and all that. It's ridiculous. So again, that kind of got to me, but I'm past that. And I've been critical. Okay, so it passed. 
here are the three levels in case you haven't been following. The executive council, which I think is the senior most group in the NFLPA, even more senior than the executive director, they were against this deal. One reports six to five, one reports seven to four, but against. Then it goes to the player reps, 32, 17 to 14 to one abstention. Yeah, they're for it, but in a lukewarm way. And then, of course, what happened over the last week ending Saturday night, the full populace of players are allowed to vote yes or no. And although several hundred didn't vote, we don't know which ones. Again, these are people that were in practice squads that had 2019 dues, players that had been released. Anyway, 1,019 yes, 959 no. But the rules say it passes simple majority. Now, to me, that's kind of an indictment on the deal. I get it. It passed. But you have more, almost, almost a thousand players being dragged into a deal they voted against. And I think that's a problem. Now, we'll get past it. And the new the new CBA is going into effect. The lawyers are writing it up 11 years, which again, one of my real inequities to have this go for so long. But it's unfortunate that half the league basically voted against this deal and it goes forward. But that's the process. I get it. We'll see what happens with suits and Russell Okung's bringing a suit against the NFLPA for the way they conducted this process. But that's where we are. And again, my inequities were pointed out in my column on this to reiterate. I just thought in, in a nutshell, the massive give of a 17th game did not receive enough reciprocation in this deal. And when we look back, the headline of this deal, you know, in five and 10 and 15 years, the CBA of 2020, well, maybe it'll be it was passed during the coronavirus outbreak, but, but probably it will be, oh, that's when they went to 17 games. That's the headline from this deal. They went to 17 games. You know they're never going back to 16, and it'll probably go to 18 down the road. And I just thought, maybe erroneously, that this was a non-negotiable on the player side, that the players would not give in to more than 16 games. And it became a non-negotiable for the owner's side, and that was stated by union leadership. It was stated in a tweet explaining everything from Thomas Morstead, one of the exec council members, uh, who also said they asked for 53%, but I guess that's where I come down. Like, okay, that became a non-negotiable for the owner's side, but what was the player's non-negotiable? What if the players said that 53% was the non-negotiable? Now, maybe they wouldn't get a deal done, but maybe it goes to 52, then it goes to 51, then it goes to 50-50, no way, no how, we're doing a deal for less. Maybe we'd have a different deal. Or no way, no how, we're doing an 11-year deal, we're doing a five-year deal. We're doing a seven-year deal with a three- or four-year opt-out. These are ways. Now, that was the headline for the owners. What's the headline for the players? I think the popular media headline for the players is going to be the minimum salary players get extra $100,000. Again, I get it. That's how you negotiate. Strategic by teams. They always give early money to lock in players, cost certainty long-term, and that's what happened collectively. Owners put out $100,000 to of half the league that would get that money, and here we go. But the thing about it is I just don't understand no, the other benefits. Yes, I'm not discounting 
The increases in pensions, uh, the credits allowed for former players, the increases in injury protection, the reduction in marijuana testing, which again makes me think why we have it at all in this new environment, societal tolerance for marijuana. And of course the increases in minimums and you get a, uh, the minimum salary players, you get a little credit on the cap, uh, the increases in roster size, the increases for the practice squad and the players. But again, here's my question. If we stayed at 16 games, which I know the owners say they would never do, do you really think the owners would not give in to some of these health and safety and benefits? Was that such a hard give is really what I, what I ask because the hard gives for the owners are all economic. And the economics were, well, they gave up a point uh, uh, on the revenue share and probably a point and a half if they get the, the TV deals where they want. Although in this environment, who knows when they're going to get the TV deals where they want, but the players are restricted on that too. That's a half point if they don't get it. So 48% from 47% only goes to 48.5 if they get the TV deals. Now, I thought 48.5 was, was definite if they got TV deals, not depending on how much of the TV deals. That's one of those things... When I wrote my first column about it, I didn't know. Another thing I didn't know, I heard Commissioner Discipline was out. You know, Roger Goodell, no longer judge, jury, and executioner. Come to find out, yeah, first look, neutral arbitration, but appeals still, Roger Goodell. So maybe he's not jury, but he's still judge and executioner. Again, didn't know that. Gambling revenues, I thought it was full gambling revenues. Come to find out, it is full for during the season, but you get past the season, it's 50%, and then it goes down even lower if it's sort of uh, uh, gambling outside of, of, other, of certain kind of events. So again, it passes. Now, let's just lose a couple narratives. One narrative is, hey, the stars, J.J. Watt, Russell Wilson, Richard Sherman, Aaron Rodgers, they just, you know, they got their money. They don't need this. They said, well, no, if that was true, they'd say, take the deal. We don't care. No skin off bar backs. If you take the deal or not, they take the deal. But they were against the deal. That won't really affect them. You know, they're still making their $100 million contracts or $50 million. And this idea that stars versus rank and file, come on. I mean, listen, you think there are 959 stars in the NFL? That's who voted against this deal. So again, I think we can lose a lot of these narratives. Uh, the deal passes. So many people were writing and saying this is a referendum on the NFLPA. Now I wonder what they think that referendum is. Got a yes vote. Okay, it goes forward. But 959. And again, I am not <laughs> campaigning privately or publicly for the job of NFLPA executive director. So those media that thought that, or if the NFLPA leadership thought that, not happening, you can relax. Okay, let's move on to free agency. In the NFL, it has started fast and furious, as always, during the tampering period that started Monday. We see all the deals. As I say, free agency is always the same to me, whether old CBA, new CBA, even previous CBA. You get, as I say, that's 15 to 25, what I call golden ticket winners. And this year, they are names like Byron Jones, the corner that goes to um, the corner that goes from Dallas to uh, I'm sorry to Miami. And speaking of Dallas, Amari Cooper, 
20 million a year, but only guaranteed for two years. Then it's sort of, we'll see 40 years and we'll see 40 million. And we'll see after that uses whatever leverage you had to go back to Dallas, get a big deal there. Um, it's hard to even think about other big deals. Of course, Darius Slay, big corner deal, part of a trade with the Eagles. The Eagles can never stay quiet, which is a good thing for their fans. They're always active. Uh, so there's a big number there. Let's see other big deals going around. Um, you know, I'll get to Brady in a minute, but Phil Rivers, uh, one year, 25 million. I kind of like that deal because so often we have these dummy years and voids and things like that. And it messes up a cap, but here the Colts have created all this cap room. They can throw the 25 million in there right away. There'll be no dead money on Phillip Rivers. Good for them. And good for Philip Rivers doing that deal. Uh, so we're in this unique time where the supply of quarterbacks succeeded the demand. I couldn't believe it. I was saying that. It's true. Ryan Tannehill taking advantage of his great performance for the Titans last year. Gets a huge deal. Good on him. He's one of those golden ticket winners. Also in the quarterback market. A deal that maybe surprised me as much as any. And that's Teddy Bridgewater, $63 million over three years with the Panthers. Again, I got to see the deal. All these deals, you got to see them because, again, these numbers are coming from the agent's side. The agent's job is to make these deals look as puffed and good as possible. So good on him. You know, again, the quarterback market is one that will shake out somebody, whether it's Jameis Winston, whether it's Cam Newton, will be left without a deal. Nick Foles, the biggest signing from the 2019 free agent class, He's moved for a compensatory fourth round pick. Again, you got to sort of be buyer beware on free agency. Love Nick Foles as a person. He's the best backup quarterback in the history of the league. The only one who won a Super Bowl. The only one who's got a statue outside a stadium with him. But didn't work out in Jacksonville. They replaced him with Gardner Minshew. Uh, so there we go in Jacksonville. Nick Foles goes to be that backup for another second pick in the draft, as he did with Carson Wentz. This is Mitchell Trubisky. It seemed like the Bears were looking for anyone to really give Trubisky a run. And we see what happened there. Um, again, big deals out there. Those are some of the ones I mentioned. I mentioned two or three before I even get to Brady at the quarterback position. That was the headline of free agency this year. It is all weird because physicals can't happen, which is probably another reason I would have suggested delaying, even though they didn't delay. Uh, and we'll go from there because physicals aren't happening. So we have this weird thing about teams announcing deals as referring to network NFL network reports, referring to quote unquote reports because no physical, no deal. And that brings us to Brady. Okay, here's my rant about Tom Brady. I've said this for months. When he renegotiated that deal to get a void uh, after this year, that was the most under-the-radar story of the league of the year, this to me, because he wanted out. You don't renegotiate a contract to get out without wanting out. And all the stuff, the noise that has been around the Patriots and Brady and Belichick and Kraft for years now, that was real. Now, of course it was real. There was too much noise not for it to be real. And this idea that the Patriots, you know, there was some report out in the last few weeks that, well, they couldn't really talk to Brady because 
CBA, you know, and they didn't know what was going on with CBA. I'm like, oh, God, he's gone. Because every team was reaching out to its own free agents, new CBA, no new CBA, they're their players. And although Tom Brady couldn't contract and talk even to the Bucks or the Chargers or the Raiders or any other team until this week, one team he could talk to at any moment, at any time, at any hour, at any day for the past year was the New England Patriots. So there was no deal. And why was there no deal? Because one or two of the sides did not want a deal. I mean, to me, this was so clear and obvious that Tom Brady was playing anywhere but New England. Don't even need to hear from reporters. Don't even need to hear. I mean, he renegotiated a contract to get out. Whether he sold his house or not sold his house, he wanted out. And this idea of nostalgia and Brady should finish his career and shouldn't have another uniform and John Unitas with the Chargers. Come on, it happens. It happens everywhere. Brett Favre, which I'll talk about in a minute. Peyton Manning, cut, cut by the Indianapolis Colts. Joe Montana, Donovan McNabb. I mean, it just goes down the line. Philip Rivers. I mean, how many quarterbacks ride off into the sunset by one team? I mean, Eli Manning retired this year, but he'd play if they didn't draft his replacement. I mean, it just happens. And, and this is where we are in sports. Even for the best of the best, the elite teams move on. It happens. So my experience with Brett. Obviously, for years, there were so many rumors about his retirement. I spent a lot of off-seasons hearing these rumors. Are we going to have a new quarterback, etc.? And then, of course, uh, you know, we drafted Aaron. Aaron's in the bullpen, one, then two, then three years as an apprentice. I think that'll never happen again with a first-round pick. I've said that many times. I put a stake in the ground. Aaron Rodgers will be the last ever first-round quarterback that waits for three years. Well... It got to the point where we're feeling like, okay, you know, we can turn the keys over to Aaron, especially if Brett retires, and Brett did retire. Now, before he retired, I think the attitude was kind of like the attitude of the Patriots towards Brady this year. It wasn't that we don't want you back. Of course, we would take Brett Favre back, and of course, the Patriots would have taken Tom Brady back, but it was more, it was less Please come back. Please come back. We love you. We implore you. We plead with you to come back, which we had done with Favre for years. And it was and it was more, it's your decision. We'll have you back. It's your decision. And I think that even for superstars, even for signature players of the franchise, even for future Hall of Famers, you'd like to be wanted a little more than that. And I think Brett, I've never talked to him about this, but I think he felt that. And he retired, of course, in March of 2008. And then, of course, he wanted back. And we had the messy situation and the divorce and all that uh, when we had turned the keys over to Aaron. And I, heard, I remember Mike McCarthy saying those three words, which, of course, are, are the most damning words to a player, when he said to Brett and to Buss Cook, we've moved on. It happens. And I feel that with New England. 
and and whether they have a plan, you know, whether whoever's going to be the next quarterback, New England's too smart to not have a plan. They have a plan. And maybe that plan doesn't materialize till the draft or even after the draft. You know, again, who knows when teams are gathering and, and God willing, we'll have a season, but we are a long way from that. So, Brady, the winner is Tampa. I mean, as we sit here today, it's still waiting for physicals and all the paperwork and all that, but the winner is Tampa. Surprise to me because I thought Chargers... I thought of sort of a LeBron-like mentality, you know, superstar ends his career in L.A. and all the opportunities in L.A. and Brady's got a home in L.A. and L.A.'s L.A. and superstars and, and you know, he wouldn't be that hounded. You know, so I just thought all that. But it looks like Tampa. Obviously, it's more than looks like. It's happening. Uh, I don't know. I saw a note, you know, from one of the reporters about he had dinner last weekend with... Uh, Vinick, the owner of Tampa Bay Lightning, and Derek Jeter, who's from Tampa, who lives in Tampa. And then, of course, the, they threw in there Bill Gates. And the nerd in me is like, I don't care about Jeter or Brady. Wow, dinner with Bill Gates. Oh, my God. So there's something going on, you know, beyond football down there. And that's Brady. Uh, I can see part of that. And then, of course, obviously on the football side, big-time receivers, Mike Evans, Godwin, Maybe O.J. Howard, maybe more to come, Antonio Brown. We'll see what happens there. But it's interesting, you know, that he's going there. And, uh, you know, I'm not an X's and O's guy, and the football pundits can debate that as they have been. It's filling all the airwaves. But it's interesting. You know, what a coup for Tampa. You know, when a superstar goes, and obviously Cleveland and LeBron, if he wasn't from Cleveland, I don't think anyone thinks he would have gone there. Tampa hasn't attracted that. And here we go. And kudos on Tampa and kudos on Bruce Arians and kudos on Glazers to attract that player. Uh, what a wonderful attract, what a wonderful coup for Tampa. And the money is going to be the money, whether it's 28 a year, 30 a year for two years. I would hope for Brady's sake, two years at least is fully guaranteed. He had the leverage to do that. Maybe he had the leverage to get a guarantee into year three. Uh, as he knows, as I know, age is just a number. It's how you look, how you feel, I mean, how you perform. Again, quarterback's different than other positions. Beyond kicker and punter, I think quarterback has the most longevity of any position. So Brady goes, free agency goes, Brady's the headline, he'll always be the headline. As we look back on this time, the two issues in sports that are happening, 11-year <laughs> CBA passes, as we know I was against that. Free agency continues with the headline being Tom Brady to Tampa. So there we are. Uh, it's just this time, this moment in time with the coronavirus, with sports. We just don't know. As I've said before, the only time I can compare this to is 2001, 9-11, uh, when we had the attacks. Sports shut down, but we knew it was coming back and we anticipated the comeback. And these were celebratory and patriotic gatherings, even, you know, hosting one when the Packers hosted the Redskins on that Monday night the first time with the field length flag held by first responders, held by firefighters and policemen and everything. That was quite a moment. We don't have that now. We don't know when we're going to gather. Adam Silver, the NBA, who's so thoughtful, has talked maybe about a, a charity game coming up you know, again, to sort of celebrate, to get people out and something to look forward to. But we just don't know. This is not 9-11. There's so much unanswered. 
And as I sit here in semi-quarantine because I did travel last week, even from my family, I get it. Abundance of caution are the watchwords as we go forward. I'll keep doing this. You know, I think I'll do more podcasts now. You know, I just sort of updates. But I appreciate everyone listening to my rants. My rants. Uh, oh, by the way, I did my first Zoom class teaching at Villanova this week. I'm so proud of myself as a technological Luddite to actually get through it. You do Zoom, you have the boxes. I felt like, you know, this is going to age me. I felt like the Brady Bunch. And this will age me as well. It was more like Hollywood Squares. And we had 50 boxes because I have 46 students. Uh, and got through it, and I ranted, and I riffed, and they, they asked questions. Uh, so kudos to my uh, technological savvy TA, Colin, and kudos to uh, Zoom, which is probably uh, experiencing an upsurge like it never, ever dreamed of right now, Zoom for online teaching. Okay, I'll leave you there for now with my rants about where we are now, about the CBA, about free agency, about Tom Brady. As always, we're presented by our sponsor, and that's Bet Online. With currently no NBA, no NHL, no Major League Baseball, you might think there's nothing to bet on. You'd be wrong. Bet Online still has hundreds of places to wager, from their online casino to poker, blackjack. 24 hours a day, all online. Sports are not gone. There's mixed martial arts, there's esports, there's other things. So if you're into entertainment, you can still bet. And there's the American Idol, there's the Elections, there's Spelling Bee, there's Nathan's Hot Talk Eating. So use that promo code PODCAST1, receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online, your full access wagering solution. That'll do it for this week's edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brand. Thanks to my son, Sam Brand, now with me. So happy he's here and his girlfriend and his two cats. <laughs> Thanks to my producer extraordinaire, Brian Neal. Thanks for following me on Twitter. I'm always updating, busy on Twitter these days with, with sort of the, uh, the lockdown. And Apple Podcast rankings and comments are always appreciated. And we'll be back. I'll be back next week, if not sooner, for another edition of The Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt.